0: And da yanda mosa shaka yana mosa kani si yanda mosa shaka yana mosa ya ti yana saka yana mosa yi si yana mosa yi Kanya yana si kan yana da saki yanda mosa ke yana good morning sweetheart good morning. Thank you for interceding for me. Thank you for just being so encouraging, inspiring, uplifting, so motivating from your end to mine. I feel it mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically all within one. Thank you. I know exactly how you feel. I know exactly how you've been feeling. I get it because I got it. I have it. Carrying around the same, the exact same to fulfill for the same exact purpose regarding people, regarding places, regarding things. I am carrying it. When God said we are carriers, you are carrying around such a passion. You are carrying around visitations due to... God's releasing visions and dreams and encounters with Him. Everything that you encounter, every revelation due to a visitation, being visited by visitations of God due to revelations. And I get it. I got it. I have it. This is something that is not easily to describe but it's very, very easy to identify. It's not a normal look, nor a normal deed, nor a normal way of an expression. It's just like shake everything that was in order. It rearranged it into being how it's supposed to be in God's order on the inside. Everything been shifted, need to be shifted, rearranged, need to be rearranged, exposed. I get it. I got it. I have it. Majority of the time, it just have you just lying down. It's like at the feet of Christ, in the presence of God, on your knees. Just nothing else can do in this moment. This Nothing matters right now. Nothing else that's, you know, normal. It's like it doesn't even matter. It's inside of a box. just coming up higher, comprehending more, being educated more as to what's already there. And you begin to look like all of this is inside. And that's exactly why he say fully equipped. Always been there. Everything you could ever discover due to recovery, it's already there, but you come up higher Come up higher in everything that's already there. Because everything there, it has to grow. But just by you tapping into what's there already? Words cannot even express. Anything that you normally do, don't even work right now. Because nothing normal could comprehend to what's happening supernaturally. I get it. I got it. I have it. walking around doing life and still receiving what's coming to pass and into my life. Second by second being downloaded was already on the inside. Second by second receiving deposits from the kingdom that's already on the inside of me. Receiving confirmation on a higher level today, not from yesterday's level, today's level. Of understanding today's level, what God has written down for this day, for me to walk out this day, knowing who you are and the greater measure for this day, filling the weights that I feel on a greater measure for you this day, talking to you on a higher measure this day. It's very bold, it doesn't care, but it's very passionate and very compassionate, very delicate. To be still and know at the same time. <laughs> Everything you do, it is there. Wake up is there. Get yourself prepared to do what you're gonna do is there. Encompassing people is there. Doing everything that you do is there. And it will never go anywhere. You're not created for it too. It's there. It brings me to Genesis. Genesis. On the sixth day when God decided to create, you know, the man. Because Adam wasn't named yet. According to King James Version. And you know what's so amazing, before King James, if I'm not mistaken, 1620, King James came out, and before King James was called, excuse me, it was not 1620, it was 1611, it was published, King James Version, but before King James, 51 years prior to King James was called the Geneva, and before Geneva was called the great book, but it's so amazing because Geneva was pretty much um, Shakespeare and other, you know, people came along and collaborated to, you know, bring forth, you know, what's very ancient, you know, historical, biblically, and put it down, you know, into paper, into writing, you know, instructions as well as we have in King James Version. But according to the beginning, King James Version And the Geneva is very different because King James stated that Adam made him and Eve's clothes, you know, before they exit out of Eden. No, thank you, God. (laughs) Okay. Excuse me. The other way around (laughs) Shakespeare's Geneva version that Adam (laughs) made, thank you God, Adam made him and Eve's clothing. And according to King James, God made clothes out of cattle and bushes for Adam and Eve before he dismissed them out of Eden. And the details are very different but I thank God for us just gravitating to the theology due to us receiving a fresh revelation as we read word by word. And it's so amazing that how much can be revealed due to a 51 year difference. But anyway, the point I'm making is God created the man because God Then Christ referred to him as the man, let us make man. And they referred to him after they created him, the man. And God said, he gave the man dominion over every living thing. And as God used the man to name every living thing and giving him dominion as he named, then God called him Adam. It's amazing how God had Adam to name everything first, then giving him his name. He was called man, the man. And you know what's so amazing is that when you go in towards Genesis and after the sixth day, you know, the seventh day, you know, God rested. After he gave Adam all of the dominion and name and everything, you're already aware. But then it goes down from after the seventh day. It gets more detailed about what happened on the sixth day, the fifth day, the fourth day, third day, and the first day. But I'm talking referring to Adam. God got more detail after he said what he did on the seventh day. And what the seventh day symbolized to him and how dear it is to him due to everything he has created. And he went back and got into detail after he explained what happened on the seventh day. And what he said is that he saw that, you know, man was alone. So he created him, you know, a woman. And they call Eve woman. And she didn't get the name Eve until God made their clothing. And the thing about it is, it's so amazing that Adam named Eve. And that was the first person that God has given Adam the ability to name. A person. Because everything else, it was, you know, every other living thing. Not living one. She was the first, next. I mean, the next one. You give it a second. And it's so amazing that she wasn't given the name Eve until God was making their clothes and having them to leave out of Eden. And Adam looked at her and said, I'm going to call you Eve because you're going to be the one who bring forth the living. But you know what's so amazing about that? She was always created to bring forth the living because before God given her a name, before God even created her, he said in the midst of Adam, when he created the animals, because he created animals to have a mate at first. He created male and the female. And female, he created him the male, with male. But Adam didn't have one yet. So imagine that. Adam watching God create. And has he created male and female? And yet he just see himself. So Adam must have looked like, you know, uh, I can use some too. And God said he didn't desire Adam to be alone without a mate. So he decided, you understand, to create. But just Adam being there. Looking at every animal he's a name, male and female, and yeah, he's dead. The only male figure. And when God calls him to be into a sudden sleep, and you know the rest after that, called the woman, woman. She didn't have no name. She wasn't even named. Adam wasn't even named until after he named every living thing. And Eve was just called woman Adam would call his wife woman <laughs> Woman Until The deception came And God explained to them By them now being able to determine Good from evil Being able to Be on his level of understanding To comprehend good from evil Which mean that God never desired us To be able to he understands this hurt evil, but the point I'm making is, he given her the name that was the first human name he have given was Eve, because she will be the one bring forth the living. And it's so amazing how God got into detail after He already explained the seventh day. It's like some scripture get more detailed, but right after, right after the last, you understand, scripture or book, but it's so amazing between Malachi and Matthew, there was a silence of 400 years from God. Oh God, God. Between Malachi and Matthew, there was a 400 year silence. Oh god. God. My god. My god. My god. Thank you for being here with me. The details it mattered. I was meditating on Hosea. And it's so amazing how God told Hosea, you're going to marry a promiscuous woman because Israel is promiscuous unto me. Considering New International Version, God considered them as Prostitute, the Latin is a prostitute. You went somewhere else when you have a covenant with me. And when God referred to himself as husband, he's not referring to himself as a man because he's not a man. He's referring to the promise, the covenant, the sacred that we have with him when we look somewhere else, we're committing adultery. He had Hosea. It's stated in King James Version, sweetheart. It's stated that God had Hosea to marry a woman filled with rebellion that sleeps around To me, I'm like, God, come on now. Come on, come on, come on. (laughs) Is this what really happened? This don't sound like something my God would do. To have a man of integrity, a man full of faith, a man full of provisions. To purposely marry a woman filled with lust and go continue to lust while she's married to you? That doesn't sound, that sounds so unbalanced. Uneasily yoked. But then it goes down. In Hosea 2, and it says, God told Hosea, now is the time for you to go get your wife. And he brought her back from out of the hands of her daughter. And he said to his wife, you will now live with me and unto me and only me for the rest of your life. And I will behave in the same way unto you. And then God had them to bring forth children and God said, I'm going to give them names that are disgraceful because Israel and Ephraim disgrace me. The line disgraced me. My God. I'm like father. Is this what King James interpreted for you to say? Oh, is this what you actually said? I'm going to have you to marry a woman that I know going to cheat on you? You man of God, you, you mighty man of God, you, I'm going to give you a woman like Jezebel? That don't sound like God would do. So I started strategizing. Sometimes we think that God tell us to do things And it sounds like it's good to do, and we try to put God in it, and say it's because of him. Because I know my father, that's not something he would have done. So if the Geneva Bible states that Adam was the one who made their clothes and not God, 51 years later from Geneva, here come King James Version saying that God did. And Adam did not. Whoa. And then I look for the documentation, the theology, and the great book because that came out before the Geneva book. And nothing is mentioned that you can read. But don't it make sense that the more historical it becomes, the more, you know, evident it is? That's not always so, God is saying to me. Quinisha would think that The older it gets, the more closer to that time, which means it's more accurate. But God is still the same today, even regarding that time. (laughs) All it takes is an open vessel, an open heart to be used as a vessel to proclaim, to proclaim what actually is. And you know what, sweetie? A lot of times I would think, let me go back in the dictionary or go back in the books or the encyclopedias because it's more closer to that, you know, documented time. But God is still the same today. So you cannot dismiss or dismantle the theology that is present even fresh today. Because 2022, Revelations are just as effective as when it happened those days. Because that's why it's called a fresh revelation. But we cannot do things and say, God said, if he didn't say. Another thing I picked up, uh, this was years, years back. Jesus walked, Well, what was it? 153, 155. Hold on, sweetheart. Sweetheart, yes. 25 to 34 lines. He walked 25 to 34 lines. <laughs> Across the Sea of Galilee. And you know what's so amazing about that? How many miles is 25 along four lines? Four lines. Excuse my accent. Three point one twenty-four miles. Let me just say to average it up, three point two miles. My God, twenty-five full loins is three miles, and it says twenty-five to thirty, so it could have been between twenty-five to thirty, and that's why I stated in the word <laughs> when they saw him. He said, do not be afraid of his eye. In one version, they, they had him get in the boat and they was at the destination. And when they got there, they say, wait a second. We saw when they departed, Jesus was not with them in that boat. My God. So how come, how did he get in the boat with them? No one had the thought, this man must have walked. They didn't even think that. One mile is enough for me. This man walked across the entire sea, that is. Another version gives more detail that what happened as he was walking, Simon Peter noticed him. Wait, what is that? If it's you, Christ, bid me to come with you. Okay, come. He started stepping. And began to drown in Christ. got him. So, you know what's so amazing about that? That visitation due to me receiving a revelation. If he's walking towards someone, and this visionize yourself, sweetheart. You're walking towards someone in the water. So, that means you're not, you know, touch. You know, you're not at that reach when you could touch. Because you're still bidding to come. You're coming. But then you begin to fall. So, Christ, God, <laughs> Still lifted him up without being in his reach. And still came and grabbed him. And they both got on the boat. And immediately they were there at the destination. My God we think when he walk on water he took some steps this man walked across the whole sea <laughs> at night at, at night at night and I have family in Israel you're gonna, I'm going to love for you to meet my uncle you're going to love him he, got, he changed his name Hebrew, you know, Yaxiel, but his original name is Charlie. And all of my cousins, they grew up, you know, in Israel and got family there and in-laws there, but they come back and forth between here and there. I haven't been yet, and I would love for you to accompany me when we go. Um, They bring back water. From the sea, the dead sea, but my uncle called it live sea. That is nothing dead in that sea. And I'm going to tell you how powerful the water is. The minerals in the water. You put it on anything, especially your body. Oh, God. it has. It's like gold dust in the water. Like you want your body to have a golden shine. Like, it look like your body has glitter on it. And it's in the water. And when you bathe with it, oh, God. The texture of it, the taste of it is so amazing. Have you ever heard this restaurant called Everlasting Life? That's my family's, And a lot of their products and produce they get from Israel. Yeah. So amazing. But anyway, he walked. This man walked. Across the entire sea. That's a long sea, but I'm talking about the width, not the length. You understand? To me, God has really educated me with, you know, correct theology regarding what happened. And it really opened my eyes to see, because we just read, okay, he walked across. Okay, I mean, he took steps, he walked in. The, no, this man walked across the whole sea. It's like, me, it's like me crossing Anacostia River. God just showed me so much. So much detail. How God used Adam to name Eve. The first person he named. But it, say, it states that Adam named her like it's based upon her sin. But it wasn't based upon her sin because the name come from you will be given birth to, you know, other lives here. The living. You're going to be the mother of the living. But you were already birthed here, created here to be that. <laughs> because God already stated that before he created you commissioning every animal to be fruitful, every male and female. And there goes Eve because Adam's standing there alone. So Adam already know what's gonna take place because he see what's happening with the animals. They're multiplying, replenishing the earth. She's already a mother of the living because they have to be fruitful. So why was that name stated in the sense of them leaving out of the garden? Because she could have bought children there. If they was to stay there. You know what's so amazing that get me, sweetheart? I'm talking to you. It's that. Earth was never created for us to be here permanently. But in some scripture and some theology and some documentation, it states that if Adam would never fail, we would have been here permanently, but it was never created for us to be here permanently. Because God said, flesh and bone and, and you know, dust, you come in and that way you should leave. And he means in the flesh, not spirit. And you know what's so amazing about that, my love? It was already designed for salvation. Earth is already designed for salvation. Because what sense would that make if Adam would never listen to Eve to disobey God? And have we been here in the flesh forever? So where does that put our spirit to ascend in the kingdom? Come on. Come on. Earth was created based upon salvation. That's why before God even created Earth... God went all the way to Revelation to give John at the Adam of Patmos the revelator of Revelation there was a war in the kingdom before I even created man, before I even spoke stars into an existence to say to Adam to count them my God my God My God. And you know what God's saying to me right now? You know what he's saying to me right now? I just asked in my heart, what made you give Manasseh and Ephraim a tribe? I know the Levites. I know they have a special calling to attend to the temple, to the house of God. And, you know, it's very sacred. Far as in the tabernacle, I get that. But why didn't you give it to Joseph? It wasn't It wasn't. the thing. is, it was so powerful, sweetie. He didn't give them a tribe when they were born. He gave it to them during the time Joseph came back. You know why I know? Because as he gave them all a tribe, he gave Joseph's sons a portion and not Joseph. So how can you give Joseph's sons a portion if you're not even aware that Joseph is alive? You know what? I got to get up. God, come on. Jesus Christ. My God. My God. My God. I got to run. 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 Oh, my God. I got to run. Oh, God. I think God going to have me to write another version. I'm trying to tell you. I got God having me to write another version of the Bible. I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to tell you. It's too much, doc. It's too much detail for what actually took place and what actually made sense. If he would have gave them a tribe before Joseph been betrayed to leave, he was 17. You usually get your birthright when you're born, just like Jacob did with Esau. And you know what's so amazing about that? So amazing. He didn't give them, you know, name them the tribes. He didn't name them. And he wasn't aware that what happened to Joseph. He was not aware. Because in the Bible, it stated, when they came back and said, Joseph is alive. You understand? It's so amazing. God had him to wait so he reunited with Joseph and given all his sons a portion to have a tribe, a part of the lot in Israel. And out of every tribe, Reuben's tribe, no, excuse me, Judah's Judah tribe was very, very dominant. Very dominant. And Judah tribe began to collaborate with God. Jude, Judah's tribe had more people in a sense of warriors. They were more stronger in battle. They had He had a lot of priests, a lot of kings, those who had you know a lot of luxury. So he had it all in one in his tribe. Many of them did, but Judah's tribe was really, really, you understand. But it's so amazing that God waited until he reunited with Joseph. And because of Joseph, my God, God is saying to me, I was like, I thought that he didn't give to Joseph. He gave to Joseph's sons because he wanted to make up for the time lost that he had with Joseph. But no, God is saying to me right now, because Joseph had twins. Jesus Christ, God, his sons were twins. Oh, God. Just like Jacob and Esau. And let me tell you, let me tell you, my God. Jacob tried to do the same thing to Joseph's sons that he did to Esau. He tried to bless the youngest one first and Joseph said, no, he's the oldest dad. Joseph didn't like that. He started putting his hands on Joseph's son's head. Yes, sweetheart. And Jacob thought that Ephraim's tribe would be more, you know, Powerful and more wiser than Manasseh's tribe, but Joseph wanted his eldest son to get that birthright. But Joseph wasn't aware that Jacob stole his brother's birthright. <laughs> God. Don't worry. And but Joseph is a very wise man. No. You want to give my eldest son what's owed to him, whether you think he's fit or not, Dad. And Jacob tried to be sneaky with it and tried to touch Ephraim on the head. And Joseph pushed his hand back. No, Dad. No. You're going to bless Manasseh first. Jesus. So amazing, isn't it? He tried to do the same thing with Joseph's sons that he did with his brother. My God. My God. <laughs> My God. God give me the word scrolls. God. I'm gonna tell you something. God. God knows how to fill you up with joy. Yeah. I was crying at first on here. Yeah. Yeah but it's tears of joy. Yeah. I just feel how you feel. Yeah. And how you've been feeling all along. I have it. It's with me. The same that's with you. Yes. How you feel? I feel. I feel you. I feel you, man. We are here. When I say we are here, we are here. I am so, like, uh, not attached. I'm just going to say I'm so knitted to you. Yeah. I can feel the stitching of me being knitted with you. God. God showed me a bonsai tree. Yeah. Just him showing me a tree of life. Yes. (sighs) I think about you all day long. As much as I think about purpose, so I think about you. You know what's so amazing about God releasing to me about Moses is that Moses, you know, his mother had him to leave very young so he wouldn't be murdered. He was a baby. So you are a baby growing up in a palace, but knowing where you come from. So that means that Pharaoh's daughter had you to know that you were actually adopted. Because if you thought that you were her son, you want to know, you know, where you were from. To even be upset, to even consider them to be your people. And it's so amazing that she would let him go back and forth with his sister Miriam to the mother to feed him until he, you know, he winged he off. So he grew up knowing the reason why he was in the palace, not as his assignment, but knowing that he was only there for survival. If I had not been here, I would have been murdered. And you know what's so amazing about Moses? That's not documented, but you can, you can feel it. You can get it. You can get to receive the revelation. Excuse me, moving so fast. My words, I slow him down. There's just so much in my belly, but I slowed down anyway. Is that as he led the Israelites, even approaching Pharaoh, he had his brother, Aaron and his sister Miriam backing him up. And they was beside him the entire time. That shows a lot about Miriam as a woman personality. She was also leading with her brother as well. Even though it was his assignment, she helped out so much. So imagine that you leave the home that you was raised in to now go and release your people from out of their hands with your biological brother and sister Who you didn't really grow up around. Because they didn't both have fair treatment. The Israelites did not have fair treatment. As in Egyptians. He made sure he got his brother and sister. And his relatives. And had them work right alongside with him. But him and Aaron. Aaron are the ones who made the mistake when God say speak to the rock Miriam knew better very powerful Some interpretations are a person's interpretation of how they really felt God took a situation, how he perceived it. And nine times out of 10, it's not correct. That's like, I thought that God was saying to be murdered that wrong man. Or take a job. And you can use any example that we did. And we thought it was God. like, oh, that wasn't even God. We thought it was. And some of us still think today. And some of us in denial of the truth. But, you know, try to throw it on God. Because we don't want to hold ourselves accountable. So I said to God, when you were talking to Hosea. When you said you will marry a promiscuous woman, was that symbolic? It couldn't have been. Because he could have been saying, You're going to marry, which means you're going to be seeing and come in contact with some people who are rebellious to me regarding my covenant with them. But it wasn't symbolic. And it states that it's symbolic, but how can it be symbolic when he had him to conceive with her twice, and giving them the names, and telling him, and you're going to name them this, which means a disgrace, because this land has disgraced me. God said, "How dare he referred to Ephraim the land." As a prostitute, how dare, he called her she, how dare she think that she's going to feed my people and clothe my people and take my attention by having them to lust over the things of the land. And I'm the one who built the land. I'm the one supplied the water when it was a dry land. How dare you, Ephraim? God got very angry at Ephraim and Hosea. How dare you, Ephraim? Talking to the land, how dare you prostitute? Do this to your husband. Do this to your promise, your covenant. How dare you to give people wine and have them the lust of the lust after you? But I'm the one who bring forth the vineyards and cause the fruit, the, the fruit to grow, the crops to grow. It's like, how dare you to try to pierce a cloud to try to cause it to rain, meteorologists, today's society? When I'm the one who formed the clouds and can make it rain. Hallelujah. I had to really pray that experiment, scientific experiment, Experiment away. Just the thought of that tore me up because that's how God felt inside. Trying to come up with a satellite to pierce a cloud so they can make it rain in this country when they feel like it's supposed to rain. How does that even look to have a device to form up clouds to cause them to clot up and burst with rain? How dare you? You know I gotta get up. How dare you? Oh God. Whoa. (laughs) <laughs> how dare you it's like the scripture coming alive to me when God says in Proverbs 13 5 new international version the righteous hate when it's false hate when it's false he didn't say dislike, be upset no they hate it and I hate when someone do things like that try to be Who they're not in a sense of Trying to do what only God can do And there are people today strategizing On what can I do To say that I create And God will give us inventions But there are things that only God can do Like cause it to rain Even when it comes to God's promise I would never cause another great flood I would never destroy the earth with water again. Regarding tropical storms, regarding hurricanes that you guys continuously to name. How can you name something that's beneath you when I've given you a promise that I can never destroy you? Those are my colors. You guys call it rainbow. I call it rainbow. Jesus Christ. God. (laughs) You're touching. God. He said, I call it rainbow. Every disastrous weather. Especially the midst of water. Regarding water. It has to bow because I spoke in it. I'm giving you a symbolic promise. I gave you a rainbow. <laughs> and God said, Quenisha, no one intentionally used that symbol to betray me or disrespect me intentionally. It just was a man, back in what year? 1969, God, I think his name was James, who thought it was a good idea to use the rainbow as a symbol of pride when God has brought forth the rainbow as a symbol of promise, not pride. And. He went home to be with the Lord before it could go, you know, be publicized. So what happened was the New York um, Museum, forgot the name of it, very popular, and they decided to pick it up and take it on and publicize it. And many just start gravitating to it. Okay, we could just use this. But no one God's saying to me had in their heart, yeah, we're going to take this from God. Because God say many of those who represent that color the wrong way are in church, have a relationship with me, know who I am. I'm not moved by no one's sexual preference. That's due to a personal relationship with me alone. But well, what belongs to me is mine. And what belongs to you is yours. And that is my promise I have put over myself because I put my word above myself concerning what I said to you. Now, Quenisha, I want you to intercede and strategize on ways to get that out of the wrong hands. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Sweetheart, God had me in a meeting with Anthony Brown, the mayor of, you know, my district, my God, <laughs> to make a petition. <laughs> oh, God. don't try to tell you, everything don't happen overnight. No, it doesn't. But when you take steps of faith, the thing is, before you enter in the conference, in the hall room in Prince George's County, Webinar, you have to give a description why you're present and what topic you want to discuss. So God give me word for word. We want to talk about this promise. Oh, God, Jesus Christ. And God said to me, the thing is, he don't want me to campaign anything. He don't want me to, you know, uh, what you call advertise this because people can miss Interpret it and miss, you know, understand and think that God is against them, and they begin to separate themselves as they begin to join themselves and collaborate with us and walk with us, it's like we're now joining with these rallies and these marches and for good causes. We're coming together, no matter what race, gender, you know, sexual preference or whatever. We all children of God. I'm not here to prejudge. I cannot. That's not even be created to even do, neither would I ever want to. I love everybody the same. But every everywhere from God is due to a personal relationship. So, you know, that's what it's about. Me releasing them to a personal relationship and they can go from there. But anyway, I uh, was in the meeting and oh yeah and God says that they were easily and freely give it over once, you know, they realize you're right. This dude belongs. Yeah, it is for that. So no one is looking at it in a sense of we're going to take what God said. We're going to use it for this. This is what we're going to do. No, it's just that it was just public rise to have that color, those colors, the rainbow as a symbol of pride. But God said, no, it's a symbol of promise. Quinesia released that revelation over the earth. Now. And I'm just sharing it with you, sweetheart. So I'm in the meeting. And I'm like, God, you got, I feel like Moses. God, <laughs> you got me going. You know what I'm saying? They, they ask me, what am I? And you got to go through a lot of security things, you know, things to go just to be on there in the meeting. Make sure you're not a tourist trying to get information to go against what the country is going for. And here I am. Everybody talking about, you know, economics and the war that's going on with Ukraine and talking about, you know, uh, even just the, manufacturing things that's taking pledge from this nation, that nation. And here I go talking about God's promise of God. Jesus. I felt like Moses, Joseph, all of them One, I'm trying to tell you. Even Ruth and Naomi, as they begin to get so close in a time of trouble in the line. And I just thank God. He didn't know what to say. He didn't know what to say, Buka. (laughs) Buka. he didn't know what to say. (laughs) He he looked like, oh, God. Because God had me to say, how do you go about getting a petition? And you have to go and, you know, the government to order. You have to go in that order politically. So you start with, you know, oh, yeah, your district. And you you can actually go two steps ahead if you want to. But God had to educate me on how to even go about what he's, you know, asked me to do. And this man on there, the thing is, God said, I want you just to water the surface. I'm like, oh, God, put that information in his ear. Let him know that I am here. Oh, God. And here I am sitting there on Zoom Live. Oh, God. And this man's scared. Every time somebody had a question, oh, you got to raise your hand on the Zoom before you say anything, and you gotta type in your subject before they say you oh you can say something because people just go in there to say anything. And sweetheart, he was like uh waiting to see if I'm gonna raise my hand, and God didn't have me raise my hand. He just had me to gain all the information and release it unto him and just water, just water the surface, just water it. Hallelujah. See, Trump try to ban and take the symbol back, but he tried to do it out of anger. You can't do anything of God out of anger. It's going to cause division. So just like just interceding and praying that you use something else, but it would not be my my father's rainbow. Because for the rain to bow. Before us. Because he promised us. That that would never happen again. And everybody. Majority of everybody. Thank you Holy Spirit. Are aware of the story of Noah. Even childlike understanding. Due to the cartoons. Children's books. and You understand. Pictures. Posters. Movies. You know. And God said. They have to use something else if they choose to use anything at all. But it will not be my promise. God. Hallelujah. God is who he say he is. And God is going about it in a very compassionate way because we are all his children. A person's sexual preference is that of their own. No one here can tell somebody that they're wrong for whatever because God didn't call us here to preach opinion. He called us to preach the good news due to the purpose. And that is the purpose. To release only what he says and not what we personally feel how a person should live or think. Even when we have things, we're thinking about things to ourselves. I don't even want no... Self-thought because it's still pre-judging inside, and God hears the inside before the external things. I'm only here to love and release the gospel and be sharpened and sharpened and enjoy being here as Jesus is. Doesn't it sound like a hypocrite? To tell somebody, you're living wrong, but I love everybody to say, you're going to hell. How can anybody ever say that somebody is in hell now when Satan's not even there, and I know he's in the pit. I've been there. I go there regularly. It's not available until it's created, but it's not available for him until the final day of judgment. Christ's body is stored up in the kingdom where no heavenly hosts go and look. Only Father and Christ. And Holy Spirit knows because Holy Spirit does put the Spirit of God in another form as a covering. Had his body been here buried, it would have been rotten. And he can't get back in a rotten body. Isn't that amazing? His body, that's the only piece of flesh in the kingdom. Because he's the only one that's going to descend out of his body and get back in it. To descend back down here. For have us all to ascend back home. That's so amazing. God said, Christ don't walk past it much. Because he's not really in no hurry to get in it. Because he's so amazed to be exalted first. The scripture has to come to pass. He said my name shall be exalted amongst the land. I will be exalted amongst the earth. He's not coming back to find instruction. And people keep saying I have so many people come to me so many times trying to preach to me and want me to you know try to prove a point to me. Be scared. Kill, be scared. And these are great leaders. Be scared. Yeah, we are in the last days, but be scared for what? When God say, fear not. What am I afraid of? People saying like, you don't know when the time is going to be. It could be today. The and they speaking as if it's coming up to the point of days. But the thing is, God is not a liar. And you're not going to make my father out to be a liar. He said you should fulfill your assignment. And if you have not finished anything that you even closely saw that he said that you would do, then he's not coming yet. My father is not a liar. He's not going to say, Christian, you're going to do this, you're going to do this and do that and then take it from me. And those things can only be done here on earth as it is in the kingdom. So I know he's not coming back right now. But we still in the last days. There are so many things that God has said to me regarding my future outside of future. Jesus. ain't even top into half of everything. How did I look? He come back and I ain't even get started yet. Come on somebody. Come on. Thank you for theology God. (laughs) Thank you for your theology. Thank you for wisdom and knowledge. And many rather have money, silver and gold. Jesus. Not even aware that the knowledge brings forth the silver and gold. It's my time for now, the Holy Spirit look down. Oh, greater is he who's in us than he's in the world, my love. <laughs>